Hi, everybody. It's Pete Oliver. Welcome to the Emerge On Purpose podcast. This podcast is for sales reps and managers who want to become better leaders. Each show, we'll talk about a different leadership principle that will help sales reps and managers emerge on purpose. Hi, welcome to the Emerge on Purpose podcast. Today, we have Cody Manning, VP of Sales at Inc. I'm excited about Cody as a guest today. There's a few topics I want to make sure we hit on. One is, what was that journey for Cody when he went from top performing rep to leader? And then two, how do you motivate your people? Cody's a master motivator, in my opinion, and he does a great job of building a positive sales culture. So I'm excited to have Cody join the podcast today. Cody, welcome. Thanks, Pete. Happy to be here. Let's go back a few years to when you made that jump from rep to leader. We've all made mistakes when we made that leap. Would you mind sharing with me one of those big challenges that you had to encounter when you made that leap from rep to leader? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I think this is a fantastic thing that you're doing. I wish this had been around when I made that leap. I'll tell you my biggest challenge coming out of an individual contributor role to a leadership role. Um, I fell into the trap of um, I was trying to play super rep when I became a, a leader. Um, and uh, I felt like everybody expected me to be the super rep and that I needed to to save, fix, close every deal for every person on our team. Um, you know, it, it was a challenge because up until that point, every deal that came across my plate was my responsibility to close and to to bring across the finish line. But um, after <clears throat> after some great coaching and mentoring from unbelievable leadership team, I was reminded gently that there was a reason that I was able to succeed at the level that I was um, and that I had. And that was because my leadership team had 100% trust and confidence in what I was doing as, as the leader of my own business. When I was able to step back and look and realized that I had a team full of folks that were exceptional salespeople that I sat shoulder to shoulder with. I watched them close their business. We competed against each other. And then all of a sudden, I, here I'm trying to play super rep and I'm going to make sure we get that thing in. You, you know, I'm going to do every one of these deals with you. It, um, it helped me uh, stand back and, and admire the work that they were doing and find little places where I might be able to help from time to time but actually gave that same level of respect and trust and confidence to the people that were on my team that I received when I was a rep, because that was absolutely one of the the largest keys to my success was knowing that my leadership team had that confidence in me. I love the way you put it. Super rep. Not a very scalable platform, is it, to be super rep for 15 reps? It does not. No. Not much sleep there. Not to mention, it might create some learned helplessness inside the team if they're expecting you to rescue them every time you turn around. You know, I mean, how yeah. did you learn? You learn by getting burnt. You pick the phone up. Go. Keep going. It, not every deal is a win. That's why we have opportunity counter and a closed deal counter. <laughs> they're not right. the same, you know? Right. So fast forward. Tell us about the role you're in now. So right now, uh, I, I'm the vice president of sales for Use Inc., uh, we're an AP automation company. I run the North America business unit, and we are we are in the midst of of conquering the AP automation landscape. Hit the rewind button back 15, 20 years ago. What were you doing then? Uh, 
see, I was working for the city of Plano, Texas. I was uh, putting uh, water lines in, sewer lines too, and enjoying what I did, but um, not really uh, capitalizing on my potential, I felt like, from a relationship perspective and a leadership aspect. How many years did it take you to go from that to managing a team? Man, that's a good question. I would say I was in an individual contributor role for probably six years, maybe seven. Uh, and then I got an opportunity to lead a team that I was actually a part of. So I took over a team that I was actually a team member of when our leader was promoted to another position. That's how I got my first stab at it, too. It's, it's interesting when you have to go from peer to manager overnight. It's not an easy transition, is it? That's the important part of how you conduct yourself every day, right? I think that was a, you know, I think it could be seen as a, a tough transition, but I didn't, it didn't seem that way for me. Um, I felt like that the folks that were on our team, we all respected each other and knew what everybody brought. And I felt like, you know, from a leadership aspect, I always tried to do my best to help my leader, uh, even when I was an individual contributor, you know, step in, right. help out anywhere that I could. And I think that's true for, for most good teams, right? Uh, here's a question for you. You go from a peer to a manager and you call your first meeting. What does that sound like? And by the way, not maybe how you did it then, but how would you do it now if you had to do it all over again? What would it sound like? I don't know that I changed a whole lot from that first meeting when I sat down with the team, because one thing that you, you have to be in a leadership role is honest and transparent. Uh, it's the only way to get the buy-in from your team anyway. And that meeting was very simple, uh, very humbled and, and thankful to be a part of that team and to, you know, to be in a position to, to lead us down a path to success and, you know, thank them for the opportunity to work with them and made sure that everybody in that room knew who I was. And I spent that meeting breaking down who I was. I told them where I came from. Even the folks that I had worked with for years probably learned a few things in that first meeting that they didn't know before then. I needed to be vulnerable. I needed to show them who I was and what I stand for and what my ultimate core values are and the drivers for my success, because that's what I'm going to use to drive our success. Cody, I love that. The, the vulnerability when you get into a leadership role, absolutely needs to be there, especially if you're getting promoted from their peer. And now all of a sudden you're the leader. I think a lot of times managers believe that they have to demonstrate their authority and make sure everybody knows why they picked you as a boss. But in all actuality, it's the exact opposite of that. There needs to be an intellectual humility there that will create trust with your people. And I think it was really smart of you to look at it that way. I agree. I think the, the biggest mistake that you can make, uh, I believe, I, first of all, I've been so fortunate to work in leadership structures throughout my whole career that were some of the most phenomenal human beings on the face of the earth. I mean, people that, that I've tried to give credit to and will not take it. First of all, you already have the position. You are the leader. There's no reason to go out and tell everybody about how great you are and that you have a job. They already know that there are some folks in their organization that already believes that. But I think that the goal for you, and especially in the very beginning, is to make sure that, number one, that you're 100% approachable. Number two, you are absolutely honest and transparent, and that there is a sense of gratitude and some humbleness in your approach, and that your goal is not to change what they do and make them different people. It's to enhance everything that they've brought to the table to this point. 
and to help them get to the next level. Now, part of sharing that story for me is understanding where I came from can give my team that piece of knowledge that it doesn't matter where you come from. It's how bad do you want where you want to be? And if and if you, if you want it, you can get it. It's just going to cost you more than you think. You know, that's where that's where your leadership comes in. You want to help bridge that gap. Okay, Cody, great segue. Thanks for making my life easy on this end of the interview here. So we know we want to know where people are going and what motivates them, what their reasons are, right? You have so, to know that first, right? Yeah, that's a great point. We don't want to overlook that. Sometimes we believe people are motivated the same way we are, but that's not always true. So in your role as a leader, can you help us get behind the curtain to understand what our people's motivators actually are? Okay, so first step, I tell them who I am and what my motivators are, right? And um, what do you always say? Ask, don't assume. It is the absolute rule of thumb. I believe that uh, exposing yourself to the core level uh, from your goals and your drivers is the, the number one way to get people to feel like it's okay to be vulnerable. You are vulnerable, and then they can be as well. I'm a firm believer in the vision board exercise. I've done a vision board or goal board or whatever you want to call it for the last 15 years. And it started really small. I remember, you know, one of the first things I ever did was print off a picture of a watch. And I had it right in front of me. And I wanted that watch. Um, and I and I was on a team really, really early in my sales career. And and I remember that another team on the floor, if they did good, their boss bought them one. And I wanted one. And I didn't work on that team. And there was a time uh, that the leader of that team walked over and saw my picture on my desk. You want one? Said, Man, you've earned one. You should get you should get your boss to buy you one. Nope. That's not the goal. I don't want anybody to buy it for me. I want to be able to get this watch and have no impact at home from a, what did you just spend that kind of money on? So I, it was my driver. And after that, I realized that seeing what my goals were was powerful and being able, and, and it morphed, you know, it changed. I started to change the way I built this vision board and started to add not just the things that I was striving to accomplish, but also the reasons for why I wanted to accomplish them. And so that's the story that I tell to the team to get them to understand who and, and what drives me. And that's the exercise that we do as a team. So I'll give you an example uh, here at Use. As we've been going through this journey together, when I, when I first joined, I shared my vision board with my team. And there were a lot of people that sat back and kind of, it was, I don't know that it was uncomfortable, but I think it was unexpected. And I think that level of personal exposure not not just made people feel comfortable about who I am, and it's not just a robot in a seat or a, somebody that they would never spend time with, but it started the wheels turning in their own mind. The truth is, Pete, a lot of people don't know. They don't know what their real vision is. And once you go and start the exercise, then all of a sudden you start realizing the things that are most important to you. And so for us as a team, it's important for me to be able to get this team where they want to be. And I'm not going to get there without asking. And the best way for them to show and to tell me and their teammates is to put it on paper or digital. Yeah. Just express what it is that your desires are, your goals. It could be anything. And, and if you see my vision board now, it's busy. I've got a lot of things on there. 
You know what's great about that, Cody? Think about leader, sales leader. There's going to be goals that we have to give down to our teammates because it has to work that way. There's going to be company goals and visions and departmental goals and visions, but it can't just be a top-down approach. The minute we start to understand the motivators of our teammates, it can begin to be bottom-up too. And when those two things are in synergy, now all of a sudden you've got a culture that supports each other from top down and bottom up. And there's no way we're going to figure that out unless we ask them. No, I agree. Right. That's it. You got to ask. Ask the question. Ask. Tell me yep. what motivates you. What's your driver? Find that out. And if they don't know and we assist in that process, that becomes pretty powerful too. I think a lot of us are used to having goals given to us and we become a part of somebody else's plan. And it's pretty awesome if We become a part of our own plan. And if you're the leader that helps your reps down that path, maybe it's a 1% shift or maybe it's the first time they ever thought about building their own plan. That's a pretty awesome thing to be a part of. Right. And talk about immediately coming in and making an impact on your people. When if the only thing that you ever did was get them to realize that if they're not working to make their dreams come true, they're working to make somebody else's come true, then you've already left them in a much better position than they ever were before they met you. And that's the whole goal of being in leadership anyway, right? To get these folks in a better place than where they were when you started. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be some other goal because I don't think any of us got into leadership to make more money. We tend to make less than we did as a rep. Yeah. This is the position to take for less money and more, more hours. It is fun, though, actually. It is fun. It is. The, the reward for helping these folks get across that railroad track, you know, to get, them to, the, to get them to the other side, to watch them be able to do things that either they didn't think they could do or, more importantly, didn't know was possible. Bridging those gaps, that's the most rewarding part of this. If there's a takeaway from this whole podcast, it's it take the time to know who your people are. Take the time to understand what drives them and what their goals are. Don't do it as a, as a step. Do it because you really care. And then check in on it. Help them get there. Realize if you've let them down in helping them get to that place. And then circle back. Say, hey, look, I don't know that we even made any progress. I, you know, I, I know that you really want to have that lake house, but I'm not sure that I've even asked you in the last several months you know, how far you've gotten on that. What does it look like? What else do we need to do to help you get there? That'll be my takeaway for any emerging leader. It means so much more to take the time to understand who your people are and what motivates them than you would ever think. And if you have any questions and you wonder if that's true, think about the last time somebody in a leadership position asked you about what your goals were and what you wanted to do and where you were going to go and what your drivers were and how that made you feel. I know how it makes me feel. And that's that's the feeling I want to give back to the reps. You know what, Cody? I can count on one hand the times in my career when one of my managers asked me that question. And that's a shame that that's the amount of times that it's happened. But when the question actually came to me, I can actually visualize where I was, who asked me that question and how it came about. So there's a lot of power in what you just said. It's one of those things, like, if you are a leader... It's got to be in the first 30 days when you're sitting down with your reps. 100%. I believe it's the first thing that you do is to explain who you are down at your core level. And then you find out who these people are that you're leading. I'm the same way with you. I remember the first time that I brought a person who asked me what my goal was. 
and I told them we, I wanted to put my family into a into a different location. We wanted to move, and uh, I can remember bringing him to the house and turn around and and thanking him. He's like, "This is it. This is the one. This was it." Like, yeah, and you helped me get here. You helped hold me accountable to the things that that I had to do to put myself in a position to do this. So thank you. Cody, one other myth here I'd like to debunk for the listener. I think we overvalue money a lot of the times. And yes, we're probably money motivated, but it's not necessarily the money. It's what we're going to do with the money. Or we could be motivated by growth, by recognition, the team elements of the role. Yes, money's important, but if we're not asking in addition to that, what else drives you, then I think we're missing the boat, even with sales reps. Sure. It's not about the money. It's about where they want to be. You know, sometimes it takes money to get to where they want to be, but it, it also could be something to do with their family. It could be something that they want to, they want to bring some folks together. They want to, they want to bridge a gap. Look, or I had a guy show me a vision board one time. And it had a picture of his aunt, which is his mom's sister. And he's like, this is a little unorthodox, but this is my goal. You asked what my goals were. This is what my goal is. I was like, what is this? He goes, this is a torn picture that my mom tore of my aunt out of our photo album. And he's like, I'm going to put this picture back together. This is going to happen. And over the years, I'm, hey, man, how's it going? They have fantastic family reunions now. But he visualized what he wanted. And that was the main priority for him. So I knew that that was something that was important to him. So I asked about it. Hey, how how far are you? How's it going? Anybody had a phone call lately? You know, little things like that. And you're right. It doesn't have to be about money. The thing is, we work in sales. And obviously, the reward in your position financially is more money with more success. But a lot of people's goals are to be in management. You know, make less money, like you said. That's what they want to do. But you can't help people get somewhere that they don't know where it is and you don't know what it is. So yep. helping them understand what they want and then helping them achieve it, that's it. Yeah. We talk a lot in sales about relieving mutual mystification. It's the same thing when you're a leader too. We don't want any mystification about any portion of the relationship between us and our people. And we don't get there unless we ask the questions, right? Cody, I really appreciate your time today. and I love your takeaway too. If there's one thing that we might want to do as a result of this conversation, it's to make sure we're asking the questions to understand what motivates our people. And if you want a good exercise to learn more about that and help your people gain more clarity in their own motivators, then leverage that vision board exercise that you mentioned. Awesome, buddy. I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot for joining. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Thanks to you, our listeners. If you would like to support the Emerge On Purpose podcast and help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to the Emerge On Purpose podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you want to reach me, by the way, you can. LinkedIn.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sailfish Pete. That's S-A-L-E-F-I-S-H-P-E-T-E.